0: Walking Out Your Faith Podcast, Episode 8. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for medical or mental health advice. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical advice, counseling, and or therapy from a healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition, mental health issue, or health inquiry, including matters discussed on this podcast. Hi everybody, and welcome to the Walking Out Your Faith podcast. It's been a while since I posted, and Uh, I want to um, let you all know kind of what's been going on. I wanted to talk in this uh, next episode about the Bible as the basic instruction before leaving earth. It's a really important topic and various things have come up that kind of interfered with me getting this out, but uh, through much prayer, I am back in business and ready to go. And I want to dedicate this episode to my nephew, Ryan, um, because I was so proud of him to find out over Thanksgiving that he is reading his Bible. He reads it every day. And so, um, Ryan, uh, I look forward to you hearing this, and I want to encourage you to continue reading your Bible because it is our basic instruction before leaving earth. So let's begin with a prayer, and then we'll jump in to this topic. Father God, Jesus Christ, we ask for complete and total protection over this podcast and anyone listening to it. Uh, we ask that the Holy Spirit be present and um, be really speak through me, Father God, to um, help reveal your truths and help us understand this Bible um, and everything that uh, you have provided to us. Father, all glory. And honor is given to you, and you know you are just so amazing. And we continue to develop our relationship with you and learn ways to walk out our faith together. And um, you, we see your mighty power at work all the time to um, go beyond, uh, provide for us, and um, just support us in every way beyond what we could ever imagine, Father. And we know that your mind and um, your will is something that is well beyond what we could ever, ever hope for, pray for, imagine, more than we could desire, think, or hope. So, Father, we give it all up to you in all glory and honor and praise in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. So, When I was in high school, I was given a sheet of paper by my English teacher called The 100 Books to Read in Your Lifetime. And I've always been a big reader. And I poured over this list in great interest, wondering what books were on there. And there were many of the classics we think of as classics, like To Kill a Mockingbird, the Great Gatsby, Anna Karenina, I believe all those were on there. And then one other book that I saw jumped up off the list, and that was the Bible. Now, at that time, I had never read the Bible from cover to cover. I had only gone to churches, like the local Baptist church where I grew up. And I had been in the congregation listening to the preacher tell me what the Bible said. So it wasn't until later that I actually read the Bible for myself. And when I did, it transformed me and it continues to. So I want to share with you seven reasons that I've compiled that are that it help explain or provide some understanding as to why the Bible is our basic instruction before leaving earth. I mean, the list is infinite. So I just kind of picked five, or excuse me, seven things that stood out to me, and they're all interrelated anyway. I mean, this is such an important topic that I'm just going to scratch the surface, but let's dive in. So reason one, the Bible is the living word of God. God gave us the Bible to abide by actual pure truth. And one of the perspectives on it is that it's ultimately experiential and provides us with wisdom. It's our blueprint for living. Everything we need to do to live and to heal is in there and to draw closer to God, to listen to the Holy Spirit about how to guide us and apply this in our lives. So it's all about growing in our relationship with Father God, and uh, serving Him, being obedient to Him, growing in our faith. In John chapter 1, verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is Logos. And there's a literal, metaphorical, allegorical, and figurative um, kind of aspect to that word. Um, It can refer Logos to the conscious intention of the mind of God. So, uh, you know, that's there's so much to that that well beyond our understanding, but it's really amazing to think about the Word of God, you know, it's not just letters on a page. It is the conscious intention and the mind of God um, imprinting. Um, And when I read the Bible, what amazes me, first of all, is how everything we need to know is in there. Okay, uh, just everything. And it's beyond our understanding. So every time I go back to it, well, most often, it just sort of evolves, you know, and, and it's dynamic. It, I'm reading it and I get understandings. I could read the same verse one day and uh, to the next and get a different understanding based on where I'm at and what I need. So God is really um, in connection with us through the Bible. So again, it's the living word, it's dynamic, Uh, it's um, everything. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So it's spiritual nourishment or food that we all need to be taking in, like our daily bread, and it provides us understanding, wisdom, guidance, you know, so many things, but those are some of the, the, the things that it provides. Reason two, the Bible has power. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so it has the power to cast out demons and to heal us and others. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So reading the Bible is um, one of the key things we can do to grow in our faith and to grow closer to Jesus Christ. Reading the Bible will, in a sense, activate us. Okay, It speaks to our hearts. It leads us to know more fully who we are and really helps us more and more die to self and draw closer to God. So it's these are just my thoughts about it. I'd love to hear what others think about um, how to interpret these things, but I see it as part of our process of refinement, of renewing our minds and purifying ourselves in preparation for the kingdom. So, the living word of God, you know, it's active in those who receive it. And so, by taking in the information uh, that's in the Bible and all the various aspects of it, that is part of the process of renewing our minds. So that leads me to reason three, the Bible is truth. So when we take in the Bible, the scripture, we are ingesting, in a sense, in our mind, truth. And the world all around us tells us lies or half-truths, okay? So the, there's no surprise that there's many things in the world that will keep us from reading our Bible and also will discredit what the Bible has to say and just think of it as another book. Well no it's not another book So when you think about the 100 books to read in your lifetime well my goodness really there's only one okay and the Bible okay was on that list but you know really it it's on its own <laughs> total um, it, it doesn't compare to those other books none of those other books um, touch, how important it is to read the Bible. So it was almost, um, you know, a little insulting to have that on the list. So that's the only one you need to read. Okay. And what's so amazing about the Bible is that it is truth. And you can always check a thought or a message or any kind of Insight or idea you have, or anything like that, you can check it with spiritual truth. So, the Bible is always our litmus test for helping us discern if a thought or a message is from God. Of course, we can also pray and hear God's voice and listen, but also the Bible, you know, that's sort of our litmus test. We can kind of see, you know, hey, is this really true? What does the Bible tell me? And we can dig deep and learn and understand um, real truth. So because of its power, uh, most, if not all, translations of the Bible have been tampered with. Words matter. And if a word is mistranslated in some way, either intentionally or unintentionally, you know, through the ages, right, its meaning will change either a lot or a little. And when I looked this up, There are currently over 2,877 versions of the Bible in over 1,918 languages. Now, this was on an online site, bible.com. So there are 66 books of the Bible. Now, 66, okay, that's not kind of how things started. There's a whole mm, history about that. That I won't get into now. But those books were voted on to be in the Bible um, through um, the liturgical committees and, and things like that. So those were decided upon to be in the Bible. But there are over 200 extra biblical or ap- apocryphal texts as well. And you need to use discernment when you read those. However, you know there's more there there are more sacred writings out there as well which is very interesting and most people don't know about that now i usually read the king james bible the original king james bible was written and assembled in 1611 but more recently i've learned about the geneva bible And I'll talk about that another time, but that was the Bible that actually predates the King James Bible. And it's the Bible that the pilgrims brought over when they came to America. So really cool and interested in reading that. I also recently came across another version of the Bible. It was actually the very first Bible published in 144 AD. So um, as far as I know, there is no... um, Copyright on this Bible. I certainly hope not. And uh, I'm going to plan to read some of that in further podcasts because, my goodness, you know, I could talk on and on and on, but uh, why not read the Word of God? Okay. That's the most important way we need to be spending our time. So I'm going to plan to um, have episodes where I read the Bible and also share that with people I love who are not reading their Bible. So, uh, I'm not here to judge or condemn them. I just want to encourage. Only God knows their heart and can help kind of um, connect them, um, you know, wake them up to his truth. But I'm going to do my part. So, Father God has put on my heart to write, um, to read some of um, the Bible in these um, podcasts at later times. So, let's move on to reason four. The Bible is our direct connection with God. It helps us to gain a relationship with Jesus Christ and take in his truths. So it's living. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It can actually become or relate to the expression of the kingdom inside of you. It is our lifeline. So think about it like we're boots on the ground, okay, having... We're physical in physical bodies, but here having a spiritual experience. So I often think of this life as spiritual boot camp where we're in training. and really the goal is to uh, draw closer to Jesus Christ. But think about the Bible if you're in, or you're in a you're a spiritual warrior or a Christian soldier, and you are in a war zone, okay? And just like in in wartime, like food and supplies, can be parachuted down into enemy territory in war. The Bible has been dropped here into this life, which you can think of as really, it. well, we we don't know the mind of God. You know, God knows, you know, his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. But I often think about this as, and some people say, like physicists, quantum physicists say this is a sort of simulation we're in, where you know Father God can do anything; he can manipulate anything in here. He can um, basically do anything, perform miracles, and um, this Bible is a manual for getting out, getting out of this um, sort of burdened um, matrix we find ourselves in. Okay, that we look around the world that we don't. There's so many things that um, are not of the light here, but that's okay because we have hope and we have um, the ability to uh, be in the world and not of it. That's part of the work we're doing. And the Bible helps us do that. So um, it consider it a required document that we are led to as Christians and in obedience. We need to read it in our lifetime to show ourselves approved. So, um, it's on that note, the, the Bible, you know, isn't, yes, it's an ancient document, but it also is real and living today. It is real time and present with you. And Father God wants, wants to have an intimate relationship with us right here, right now. So show up with your Bible and connect with God. You can read it. You can engage in a two-way conversation with him, talking and listening. So one of the primary ways that we gain a relationship with Jesus Christ and draw closer to him is by reading his word. He asks us to pray without ceasing and uh, connect with him. So this leads me to reason five. The Bible is a supernatural document. And what I mean by that, um, relating to the other points, yeah, it's words on the page, but it's so much more because it is dynamic and fluid and interacts with us real time. And there is a harmonious supernatural structure to the Bible. It actually activates our DNA or spiritual code. It just lights us up for God and there's so many interesting things when you start digging into this so just i want to share with you some of the mathematics regarding the supernatural aspects of the bible that no one talks about i never heard about this in church so what um the, a lot of this research came from someone well well there's someone named lee stobel i believe who's um, done some sermons about it, and maybe even wrote about it. But a lot of this work goes back to um, the early 1900s or 1940s with um, a mathematician named Ivan Panin, and he's one of the the people who analyzed the mathematical patterns of the Bible. And he found an astonishing pattern of sevens in the Bible. So. A little bit about it, because it gets really detailed, and you can just analyze this at multiple levels. But what he found, he was a Russian mathematician, and he discovered a structure called the heptactic structure of the Bible, underlying biblical texts. And he spent 50 years of his life generating all these discoveries around this and found it truly a divine order. In the Bible, of course, we know that's the case, right? But the average person who thinks the Bible is just any old book, you know, they don't know this. And you know, if they um, are more convinced or or would kind of understand a little more about the mathematical aspects, it's something that you can share with them. So there, it's all about, or at least the aspect. One of the biggest aspects that he found out about were how sevens show up in the Bible or a pattern of sevens. Uh, So sevens in the Bible occur in over 600 passages. Uh, They're everywhere. Okay. So imagine yourself with a blank sheet of paper and in your mind's eye, you are to conceive of and write down something where like a statement or sentences where the number of words must be divisible by seven. And then the whole assignment is asking you're asked to basically provide your in your writing multiples of seven. Oh, and another thing, you have to add another condition where the number of letters you use when you count them up must all be divisible by seven. And the number of vowels and the number of consonants, each must be a multiple of seven, and so on, and so on. Well, we know that no man can sit down and do that. Uh, it's hard enough to write anything. But that is, is the structure of the Bible. Okay. And it's more than that. It's more than three or four rules where the words or the letters are divisible by seven. Actually, this, um, I think it goes on and on and on to, um, my goodness, I think there's at least nine rules that have been found with that, but there's even more than that. Um, I think, my goodness. I think this um, person found, uh, this Ivan Panin found at least 33 times that this pattern of multiples of seven was found in the actual text of the Bible. So that means that, for example, when you read in the New Testament and there's a word that starts with a certain letter, and then a word that ends with a certain letter. Well, when you analyze the books of the Bible, like in the Gospel of Matthew, for example, the you look at the total vocabulary of the words, the beginning and the end of each chapter of the Bible, and they all have properties where they're divisible by seven. And not just one book of the Bible, but every Book of the Bible, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Mark, they all, and actually for these, the properties, they all have numbers of words unique to them that are multiples of seven. So again, there's a lot of detail, and I don't, more than I can get into here, but if you look up Ivan Panin, P A N I N, and the heptactic structure of the Bible, he has written many books about this and information. And when you do the computations, the probability of this happening is basically astronomical. It can never be done by man, and even with a supercomputer, which if you had, like, um, if you have thirty-three times that this heptactic structure of the sevens, the multiples of sevens occurred. That's seven to the thirty-third power. So when you look at all of the possibilities of that, there's millions and millions and millions of, um, you know, the, the chance is like one in seven, whatever, um, quadrillion or more than that. And it would take a supercomputer, 1 million supercomputers, 4,300,000 years, just to um, basically compute seven of those rules. But there's more than that. So um, I hope that was clear enough. That gets you started. And if you're interested, uh, look into that. It's fascinating. So these are are considered supernatural numerical proofs um, of the Bible. And um, reason six, the Bible is prescriptive and provides us with our prescription for living. It's also personal to us. So it's our own personal prescription for living. Father God is the ultimate counselor. He's our ultimate physician. He knows everything we need. So all we need to do is open up the Bible and just pick out a verse, start reading. It will apply to us, but we need to read it ourselves, word for word. This will activate the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. So it's our guidebook. It's our prescription. And, um, The word says that um, we need to, you know, be counted worthy for the kingdom of God, and we need to be able to uh, study and show ourselves approved. So being reading the Bible and connecting with it is part of that. It also helps to build our resiliency. Okay, so we're not just surviving, uh, going through struggles. Like when I talked with uh, Coach Jenny Smearman, we are finding strength through the struggle. Well, let God, Father God, be uh, our strength. Let the Word of God be the rock that we put all of our hopes and all of our actions and, and walking out of faith in the Word, okay? And we, inter- we need to integrate the Scripture into our lives. So it's like spiritual medicine, like spiritual food. Everything we need to do is in the Bible being present and still with God, how to pray, how to express gratitude, faith, and trust in in his promises, and how to make our thinking conducive to the kingdom of heaven. He is preparing us to inherit the kingdom. He's showing us how to apply his word. How are we going to know how to do that unless we actually read the Bible for ourselves? So we need to take heed and apply these lessons. This leads us to the last reason that I've compiled, which is reading your Bible is a form of obedience, and it shows your obedience, it demonstrates your obedience in being willing to seek Father God through the words of the Bible, and um, so uh, I learned to do word studies, And dig deeper there, because it's fascinating when you read the word, like in the King James, you might think the word means one thing, but when you look up the word studies, like using Strong's Concordance and looking at the actual meaning of that word in the Hebrew, it might mean something very different. And you can get deeper and understand like kind of the various levels of understanding from just a single uh, verse. So in some of the research I've done, it's said that over 75% of the Bible is application-oriented. So clearly, Father God wants us to put into practice what we've learned, to not just get the prescription, but take the medicine, which is essentially walking out your faith. So there was a uh, I want to mention, there was a movie, it was a very interesting movie, I cannot remember the name of it, but Denzel Washington was in it, it was about 10 or 15 years ago, and in this movie, it was like a post-apocalyptic world, and there were no Bibles, or Bibles were very, very rare, there were like maybe one or two Bibles in the in the world, and what happened in this movie, I mean, there's all these adventures and things that happen, but he was a um man who loved the Bible and he didn't actually have a copy anymore but he memorized it and was able to um provide that information of um keeping the the word of God living in this in this world that that they were finding themselves in where basically all the light had left the world but he was able to dictate it again. So it was a really cool movie. So um so that's uh those are some of the main points. I encourage all of you, I know I'm going to continue to read the Bible, um, to read it diligently, really read it daily. When you have downtime, uh, pull up a verse and just take it in. It's spiritual nourishment, it's spiritual food. So I am going to um, start a series where I do read the Bible And um, I'm very excited and eager to share that with you, because again, Father God speaks to us individually through the Bible. So we really do need to take it in ourselves individually and not rely on someone else like a pastor or a faith leader, per se, to tell us what's in the Bible, because that's you, you don't want the message to be filtered through man or woman or interpreted By them, Of course, you can be in fellowship and, you know, connect and um, pray and fast and all these things and and do that in in fellowship with one another, with your with your brethren. But really, you know, you're missing the boat if um, you don't pick up the Bible for yourself and read it. So uh, I'm eager to share that with you all. And thanks so much for listening. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father God. Thank you for your word. You have given us the spiritual nourishment and food that we need to sustain ourselves and uh, to know what to do to reach you in the kingdom. Father, We your promises are true, and your promises are in the Bible, and your word is living. And Father, we praise you, worship you, and thank you for everything that you have done and continue to do for us. Um, Thank you for allowing me to bring this podcast out and for putting this on my heart, Father, and I, all glory and honor is given to you, Father God, Jesus Christ. We praise you and thank you in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Until next time, see you later. God bless.